Are you accepting it? No, of course no. not. Rubbish. The government is not accepting it. Welcome to Two Grumpy Hacks, the podcast. I'm Malcolm Farr, and of course, we're with Dennis Atkins. And this is the year of the fire hose of falsehood. We're back. And this is episode 22 of Two Grumpy Hacks after our little hiatus. Dennis, the pandemic has some, well, roughly half the Australian population now in lockdown. But it it also has Scott Morrison bailed up in a tight political corner. Three opinion polls in two days news poll, essential and resolve, have reported that voters have marked Morrison down severely for his handling of the COVID crisis. He's emerged as the inaction man of the drama. And Morrison is acutely aware and reacts strongly to political discomfort. So, Dennis, how will this affect him and how will it affect election timing, do you think? Well, he won't like it, um, but yeah, he, he is, after all, someone who believes in miracles. So uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure that he, he will think that, uh, you know, well, uh, you know, I pulled a miracle out of um, uh, the proverbial last time I can pull one out this time as well. Um, look, he, he knows uh, as well as anyone because he, he's told people, you know, he's told people publicly, he's told people privately, he's told the party room. Uh, he, he, he drills it into um, other politicians uh, and people who work on campaigns that uh, voters pay on delivery, not on words, that it's how you act, not what you talk about doing. It's the, it's the actual doing rather than the discussion of the doing. Uh, as, as they like to say, you know, um, uh, you, know, it, you know, don't talk about fixing the plumbing, talk about getting the water coming out of the taps. Um, yeah, and at the moment, he's spending a lot of time talking about fixing the plumbing when it comes to vaccinations, but he's not talking much about it. Or he's not doing much uh, getting the vaccinations flowing. Uh, you know, there, there are not many, um, you know, People getting vaccinated, people think, uh, you know, thanks to um, uh, a lot of commentary, especially from people who appeal to middle ground voters like Malcolm Turnbull and Kevin Rudd, uh, you know, a lot of people uh, are becoming convinced that he has stuffed this up royally. And uh, it's, it, it's showing up in the polls. It, it's been sort of bubbling away in the background of the polls for a while now. It is now there front and centre. The usually steady and uh, not very movable news poll has shown a big jump uh, with uh, going from what was a sort of 49-51 variation to a very marked 47 for the coalition, 53 for Labor. And whichever way you look at it, that's a winning position. Yeah. Do you think that, uh, his troubles have dashed expectations of an early election, an October election. I mean, not just his political problems, but the um, the uh, the rapid gallop of COVID 
uh, is expected to last for you know, months yet and mightn't be eliminated by October. It, well, it mightn't be eliminated by March next year either. Um, you know, uh, Boris Johnson has found out that you know you, you can you can try everything you like, but this thing keeps coming back, and uh, you know he he's now sort of making the ultimate gamble by uh, lifting all restrictions and and saying you know let's let's see how 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 we go down that path. He's got the advantage of having a population that's about two thirds vaccinated. We're we're sort of so far off that that you you, you can't see it uh, coming you know, with the most powerful binoculars you can find. But um, you know, I don't think this changes uh, ultimately the uh, the election timing discussion. It it makes the um, options for Morrison a bit more acute. I, I think that he, he doesn't really need to make up his mind on whether or not to have an election this year until probably the end of August. Um, by the end of August, he'll know sort of how things are looking in terms of mopping up the current uh, virus situation in New South Wales and Victoria. He'll know how far advanced the vaccination program is uh, and, and whether it, you know, it, it, it looks like it is convincing people that it's headed to success. But you see, he's also got this other problem, which is not going to go away regardless of uh, what happens with vaccinations, which is uh, trying to have one united coalition view on climate change uh, and what he does in advance of going to Glasgow and, and the UN conference there in November. If he can't take the National Party with him, it, it, it provides difficulties at home. It provides difficulties uh, in Queensland if he, if he uh, goes too far in terms of embracing a net zero. Uh, it provides difficulties for him in metropolitan seats, especially in Sydney and Melbourne, if he... Um, gives too much to the National Party. So that is another uh, equation, another part of the equation that he's, he's got to weigh up. I don't think that uh, an October election is completely off the cards, but all of these things are making it a lot more difficult for him and, and is probably weighting the, uh, the, the consequential uh, debate in his own head towards um, uh, thinking about next year and, and hoping that things will, will look a bit better then. Uh, I still think there are, uh, you know, as I said, a, a, lot of, a lot of problems between now and, and next March or, or April. Um, um, another element of these polls is that uh, Labor leader Anthony Albanese has not received a stronger endorsement commensurate with the, the weakening uh, Morrison rating. It, it, it is, I mean, there, there was one uh, journalistic commentator who, who, let's put it this way, is somewhat chummy with the Prime Minister, who said that his problem uh, was caused by the Labor opposition uh, acting like an opposition, uh, which was not just fanciful, it was incomprehensible. But uh, is this situation for Anthony Albanese uh, that while 
many voters think Morrison is failing, they don't yet believe Albanese would be a lot better. Is, is that the sort of uh, thought pattern emerging from this? It is a bit. I mean, you know, is it a, there, there's not a great deal of enthusiasm for Anthony Albanese. Um, and, and uh, you know, people continually say sort of where's Albo, what's Albo talking about, why isn't he uh, going out on the front foot, why isn't he attacking the government uh, more strongly and, um, and why isn't he presenting an alternative view. Uh, I'd say two things in defence of Anthony Albanese in, in this context. One is that he, he has actually sharpened his message in the last month or so. And maybe that is showing up in these polls. After all, you know, you don't win an election with a preferred prime minister or a um, approval rating uh, uh, number. You win an election by winning primary votes and two party preferred votes. Um, and at the moment, the Labor Party uh, level pegging on primary votes, according to news poll, uh, not far behind, according to um, uh, the Fairfax poll, um, you know, and in front, in two-party preferred terms, are in a win winning position. Uh, so, you know, Anthony Albanese hasn't lost the battle. Uh, could he do more? Sure. But, you know, he, he's got to win votes. He doesn't have to sort of win, uh, you know, uh, uh, popularity contests down the local pub. Uh, now, can you explain this mystery tour to uh, the Isaac Plains coal mine uh, run by Stanmore Coal, I think? He went there uh, without any uh, public um, you know, preamble, uh, didn't tell journalists, just turned up and talked to ugh, coal miners. Did he really impose the secrecy because he thought his city supporters would react badly? Um, or did he think that maybe the coal miners would react badly to him? Uh, it, it was it was a very strange and, and I would argue not polit politically clever sort of manoeuvre from him. No, no, it, it probably, you know, it could have been uh, done a bit better. But, you know, he, he was, you know... He, he... He was in trouble if he did, and he was in trouble if he didn't. I mean, he, I think he, he went there because he, he, he had to go to a coal mine uh, in Queensland, but he didn't want to take the media because he didn't want to face what might have been hostile questions uh, you know, in the situation of, of being at a coal mine uh, and possibly getting conflict from from the from the workers there, uh, while the journalists are sort of trying to catch him out on 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 the you know the, the details of of Labor's approach on on coal mining and on climate change. So you go there, you don't tell the media, then it gets out that you went there, and you can say, oh look, I've been there and I've talked to these people. So yes, you lose a bit in terms of not being as open as you might have been, but you, know, you, you can now say, I've been to central Queensland and talked to coal miners. Um, it, it's not elegant. It's not, it's not the, uh, the best way of, uh, of doing these things, but you know, it's, it's, it's what politicians do. They, 
they, you know, they, 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 uh, they play tricky games. <laughs> yeah, they certainly do. Speaking of which, now, while the pandemic obviously is the dominant political issue, we shouldn't allow the fog of COVID, as I like to call it, to obscure the extraordinary spending lurks of this coalition. They have been quite remarkable, given that all governments, uh, you know, divert a bit of taxpayer money to uh, pet projects that help them politically. But we're still hearing alarming details of the 660 million uh, commuter car park uh, nonsense, which was uh, widely uh, trumpeted uh, during the, um, the 2019 election campaign. Uh, and right up until... The, the election was called. Scott Morrison's office was uh, uh, ticking off projects. And it was mainly Melbourne directed. Uh, and uh, there, there were four projects in the, uh, in the electorate uh, of Treasurer Josh Frydenberg, uh, five in, in Sooker's electorate, six in Tim Wilson's electorate. It really was packed in to marginals or seats um, that the coalition wanted to um, wanted to grab. Oh, I nearly forgot um, uh, Tugger Tudge, Alan Tudge, who was then the uh, infrastructure minister. He had a big uh, role in all this. Dennis, uh, and or can I just say something like, of all these projects, 44 to 47 projects, some were knocked off in the end. Only two have gone ahead over the past two years. Uh, it, so... Not only are we looking at pork barrelling, we're talking looking at incompetence as well, and it's 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 simply remarkable. Um, surely you would agree this is cut and dried pork barrelling, and 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 while it might not be illegal, it fails every conceivable political sniff test. I would argue. Absolutely, absolutely. I, I hope that one of those that uh, did go ahead in the end, one of those two. Uh, out of the 47 that, that went through the, the alleged process. Uh, I hope it wasn't uh, the one which was in an electorate that didn't even have a train station in it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> right. yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, sort of, you, yeah, you, you know, um, I'm not sure what the word sort of song would be, but it would start, but it would start with, you know, rorts, I've seen a few, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, but never one like this. I mean, this this really is the uh, you know the gold standard of, of rorting, um, uh, and and uh, you and I have been around long enough to have seen some some pretty spectacular attempts at rorting. But uh, you know, six hundred million dollars, even in the these times of of COVID relief payments, you know, six hundred million is still real money, and uh, uh, you know, they they were willing to roll it out, have it run out of ministers' offices, have, have uh, people in the prime minister's office, uh, the campaign uh, the campaign office of the Liberal Party uh, and in the relevant minister's office, uh, Alan Tudge's office, uh, ring up, you know, local members, candidates, whoever, you know, and said, you know, Anywhere around there that uh, you might want a, a, a car park, uh, we, we'll get you one. Don't worry about the cost. It's all covered. 
uh, and then put out a press release, and the press release becomes authorization uh, for the spending of the public money. I mean, you know, God spare us. I mean, it really does, as you say, it takes rorting to a to a whole new level, uh, and it might be illegal, but it shouldn't be. It, well, it, it might be legal, but it shouldn't be. That's right. I agree entirely. Now, as well as the uh, the project uh, for a car park at a, in a place that didn't have a rail station, I also like the story about how they uh, mistook electorate boundaries and uh, had a project in a Labor electorate, which was about uh, you know, 300 metres inside the, the electorate boundary, and they got a federal Liberal to launch it because they thought they were in a, a Liberal electorate. As I say, the incompetence mounts with the breathtaking misuse of, uh, of public funds on this. But look, uh, life goes on, and Dennis, I'm sure you are among many who uh, will have delighted in the news that Tony Abbott, our former Australian Prime Minister, has left our shores to work on trade deals for the British government in India and in London. Uh, and um, uh, for all those people wanting to come back to Australia who can't get on flights, all those people who want to go overseas, take care of, uh, of ailing relatives, I think they'll be bucked up that uh, Tony Abbott is out there fighting hard for Boris Johnson's uh, um, uh, political future. Um, I, I, I think it's just, uh, just one of those delights. Yes, it is. It's uh, you know, in, in in a big you know, in a in a field that's crowded with delightful stories at the moment. Uh, it's it's right up there, and uh, you know, um, we all wish Tony Abbott well. We hope he travels safely and uh, he keeps his mask on at, at most times. Because uh, if he doesn't wear his mask, someone might recognise him, and who knows what might happen. I, I think that is a real threat. All right. Well, it's good to be back and um, we shall uh, appear again next week. And and many thanks to uh, the brilliance, the magic, I would say, of uh, Natasha McFarlane, who, uh, who puts all this rubbish together for us to make it sound uh, uh, digestible. So until next week, it's goodbye from him. And it's goodbye from me. And uh, let us know. Let us know how it sounds. We're on a new uh, podcasting platform, Anchor. Um, so this is our first go round with with that. Uh, let us know whether it's better or worse or indifferent. Uh, and uh, um, uh, yes, we'd be happy to hear from you at any time. Thanks.